Welcome to Lead with Confidence, the podcast where we will explore the journeys of leaders who inspire, empower, and believe in others. Join me to discover your self-confidence in love, life, and leadership. I'm Desiree Petrick, owner of Intentional Action, motivational speaker, and executive coach, and I can't wait to join your journey to learn what it means to lead with confidence. This episode is coming at an interesting time because people over the course of the holiday season tend to be stressed out, frustrated, a little bit on edge, and not feeling the holiday spirit. I would argue to say a lot of that is because of expectations that they have for themselves and expectations put on them by others. So over the course of the last week, I've done a few presentations, I've coached a few people, and I've seen a common theme coming up. I wanted to go over it because I think that I can't necessarily give you all of the answers. Every example, every family dynamic, all of the things are way too complicated for me to be able to give every single person an answer. And even when directly asked a question, it's still hard to say, here's what you should do. Because A, I don't know your demeanor. I don't know the relationship that you have with your family. And I definitely wouldn't want to cause any problems going forward. But what I can do is I can give you nine examples of things that people feel guilty about that they shouldn't and ways that you can maybe look at it differently. Because ultimately what I want to do is I want to give you permission. I want you to to know that you can be selfish about things. This is your life. I was presenting to a group that I've presented to multiple times. And from the first time that I presented to this last time, I could feel myself coming out of my shell and working a little bit more into my personality, which eventually we will talk about the DISC personality assessments But for lack of time today, I will just tell you I am a high ID. And what that means is I'm kind of aggressively friendly. I will continuously have a smile on my face, but I'm going to tell you how it is. And a lot of times it is putting my foot into my mouth because I care so much and I love the people that I'm talking to so much that it's hard for me to see them struggling when I I feel like the answer is simple. And it's not. The answer is never as simple as I want it to be or you want it to be. But there is a way to look at things in a different light than you maybe have before. The other piece of this is one of my best friends asked a question about setting boundaries. And I didn't have a great answer because over the course of the last 10 to 15 years as I've been coming into my confidence, I am willing to be selfish When it comes to my husband and my two children, I'm willing to be selfish and make us the priority. So I don't personally have that hard of a time setting boundaries, but I know that other people do. And that's why I had a hard time giving her an answer because I don't want to make you feel like you're not doing enough because you're not willing to set a boundary that could potentially create a riff. But I do want you to know that you have permission to do that. So I have nine different things that people feel guilty about. These are people that I have coached, family members, friends. These are Joe Schmoes off the street who I have worked with in a very limited capacity. But I hear these things 
all of the time. And I want us to look at them in a different light to say, if you choose to change nothing, that's okay. And you are not alone. There are hundreds of thousands of people that probably think about these things the same way that you do. But if it is causing you stress, anxiety, overwhelm, and you do want to change how you're going about this, I want to give you permission to look at it in a different way and to be selfish because this is your life. It's your one life. If you know me at all, you know I hate the term YOLO. You only live once. But sometimes it is accurate. You only live once and this is your one life. And I want you to live it in the most joyful, happy, non-stress related way that you can so that when you are talking about your life with your spouse or your best friend, you can say, I am honestly and truly so happy with the way things are. And I feel so grateful and appreciative and not saying that because you think that's what you're supposed to say, but saying it because you truly feel it. Okay. I digress. We're going to get into the nine situations that people tend to feel guilty about that they shouldn't. I started off really light as we're going to kind of work into a little bit more of of my aggressive opinions about some of these. So the first one is you do not have to finish every book you start reading. And this can be applied to several different things. But I tend to slow down. So I read 60 books a year. And if I start to read a book that I don't love, I still feel like I have to read it. This is an internal battle for me every time. I'm 50 books, I'm 50 pages into this book. I have to keep reading it. I have to finish. I have to have it count towards all of the books that I've read. But you don't. If you don't enjoy the content or you don't agree with what the author is saying, Sometimes it's good to have controversy and sometimes it's really just going to create more debate in your head about things that you maybe already had an opinion on and felt set in them. I have quit fiction books, specifically Verity by Colleen Hoover. I was reading this book in short little stints while I was nursing my son. So I was getting this constant drip of 10 minutes of just absolute craziness, this book. If you haven't read it and you like really psychological, thrilling type books, you might want to. And I love Colleen Hoover books. I've read the majority of them, but this one got me. I quit halfway through. Now, I'm someone who has to know the ending, so I did Google it to see how it ended, and I'm really glad I didn't read it because I would have been pissed off. (laughs) It did not end in a way that I wished it would have. But I've stopped reading fiction books. I have stopped reading nonfiction books. There's specifically a book that says something along the lines in the first chapter about how if you're not first, you're last. And if you are not beating everyone who is competing with you, you're not doing it right. And I don't believe that. I believe that there is room at the table for everyone. I believe that we need to have an abundant mindset. I believe that We can do anything that we set our minds to. And if we compare ourselves by not being first, it's going to be that much harder. I didn't even make it past the first chapter of this book that I had purchased. I'm here to tell you that's okay. And again, a lot of people don't read, so this might not apply to you. But you can apply this to a workout program that you started that you feel like you have to finish in order to feel successful. I am here to tell you and to give you permission. You do not have to. 
don't quit altogether and say, well, I didn't like this one, so I'm just done now. Find something that you do enjoy. The true measure of success is based on your happiness around the subject, your ability to feel joy and accomplishment, your ability to speak kindly and excitedly about something. So if it is causing you stress and the only things you have to say about whatever it is you're doing are negative, it's time to move on and you are able to do that. I'm giving you permission right now. So number two is unfollowing and or blocking people on social media. I have a a funny situation because I didn't use Instagram up until maybe three years ago. So I was able at that time to curate my social media in a specific way because I had started reading personal development books and I was mostly following fitness people. So when I do go on Instagram, I feel like my Instagram is pretty well curated to the information that I want to see. My husband and I always joke because if you look at his his social media, it's all tractors and snowblowers and mechanics and all of these things. And you look at mine and it's all fitness and personal development and authors and books. He went on my Amazon the other day and typed in some sort of tool and it was, it came up with 30 things before that. So it's funny to see that from one person to another, social media does truly generate in a way that you get to decide. But if you aren't unfollowing or blocking people that are not adding value to you with every post, it's going to generate in a way that's not serving you. So I want to give you permission that whether you do a deep dive and you go in and you unfollow a ton of people that you either don't agree with or they tend to cause you to feel inferior or you don't like what it is that they say and it, you know, that feeling where you want to comment something snotty, but you know that that just starts fights on the internet, which are entertaining to read, but not necessarily to be a part of. I want to give you permission to unfollow them, whether it's all at one time or if you just, when you come across them, you're unfollowing them. That's going to allow your social media to generate in a way that fits who you want to be and what you're trying to accomplish and is adding value to you every time you spend time on that platform. The third one is quitting a paid service. I struggle with this one because I do truly want to see everyone succeed. And so when I start paying for a service, I struggle to quit paying because I want them to succeed. I don't want to make anyone feel bad. I know that they are likely helping me in a way that I wouldn't be able to do it myself. But just recently, I had been paying someone a pretty exorbitant amount of money for a service that after three months, I didn't feel I was getting anything out of. So I spent another month. I said, I'm going to give it one more month. And then it would have been very easy for me to say, I'm going to give it another month. But as it will, if you put things out into the universe, like I need help, you know, whether the universe is spiritual or God to you, however you want to go about it. To me, it's prayer. I said, I need help trying to figure out how to navigate this because the amount of money that I'm spending on this service that I'm not using is causing me anxiety. And it's causing me stress in a way that's not serving me in my ultimate goals. 
So when I canceled, I was very kind. I was upfront. I was honest with them so they knew why. I had to buy my way out of that contract. I had to spend a lot of money to say, I don't want this service anymore. But the amount of anxiety and stress that that lifted off my shoulders within a second of doing it was totally worth it. Again, you get to be selfish. You are paying for that service. So you get to say whether you're going to continue to pay for it or not. And this is in the same sense. Number four is quitting a job. I so many times have said, I don't want to leave them high and dry. I want to stay until they find someone to replace me. I don't know if they're going to be able to find someone so I can't leave. All of these things are a little bit of an excuse to stay where you're comfortable. Because let's be honest, it is hard to leave something that has been a part of your life, whether for six months or six years. It is difficult to take that step forward and to take that leap of faith. But I want to assure you, they will find someone to replace you. And your value that you are adding is helping you to grow in every step of the way. You were adding value to them, but they also got to add value to you. It was a mutually beneficial position that you were in, and it's going to be okay. They are going to find someone. So don't take blame or guilt or regret into this decision. Allow yourself to make the decision that's best for you and take guilt out of it. Don't place that on their shoulders either to say, we're keeping you here even though you're unhappy because you're scared to leave. Don't place that blame on them. Take responsibility and say, I'm not happy here or I know that I could add value more in a different way, or I want to learn a new skill and I'm not able to do that here. So I'm going to take this next opportunity. Those are all ways that you can think about this in a positive and optimistic way, as opposed to thinking they won't replace me. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. You're right. It's not always greener on the other side. But as John Acuff says, you either succeed or you learn. No matter what, there is no negative situation that will come of this because even if the grass isn't greener, you still have an opportunity to move on from there. We no longer live in a society that reprimands people for job jumping. If anything, it it says you have experience, you have knowledge, you have learned things and networked with people outside of a certain field or a specific job. And people no longer look down on that because it is kind of the way of the world at this point. So I want you to have faith that if this is not where you want to be, you have an opportunity to do something different and do something more, but it's your responsibility to take. So don't put that decision on anyone else. Don't put that blame for staying or leaving on anyone else. Take responsibility for that. 
This week's episode is brought to you by Natural Cycles, the first FDA-cleared birth control app. It allows you to learn the unique pattern of your cycle with tailored updates and insights. Recently, it was updated to pair with your Apple Watch for effortless tracking. It's hormone-free, non-invasive, and effective. The app was also recently updated to allow your partner to log in and keep track to be a part of the process, either for birth control or planning of a pregnancy. By using my link, you will get 20% off of an annual subscription and a free thermometer. Go to DesireePetrick.com slash natural cycles or click on the link in the show notes. Number five, I struggle with this one. It's changing your mind. We talked a little bit of about this with buying a book that you change your mind you don't want to read anymore or starting a workout program or starting a job and you change your mind. But it can also be setting a goal for yourself. If you know what 75 hard is, it's a workout challenge. And just to give you a little snapshot, it's a 45-minute indoor workout, 45-minute outdoor workout, no alcohol, follow a diet, 10 minutes of personal development, and a selfie. Oh, and a gallon of water every day. That's seven things every single day that you need to hit for 75 days. And the rule is if you miss even one of them, you have to start over. So not only are is this a lot more than your body might be able to take, some people do it and they succeed and they're stronger than ever and their mental capacity is stronger than ever. But some people, like me, start it thinking, I, I should be disciplined enough to do this. I should be able to accomplish this. I'm going to tell people I'm doing it to hold me accountable so I can't quit. And then all that does is creates anxiety and guilt on our part if we don't follow through or even if we're just having thoughts of not following through. I tried this challenge multiple times and I chose to stop. I didn't fall off the wagon and go eat at a buffet or, I mean, go eat at a buffet if you want to. I love Pizza Ranch, but if you... If you choose to stop, I want it to be intentional. If you're changing your mind about something, make sure it's intentional. Make sure you know not only why you started because evaluating why you set that goal in the first place is going to be huge. Figure out why was it a priority to me at that time and is it still a priority to me, in which case I need to find a different path and a different route to try and follow through on this priority. And if it's no longer a priority to you, whether to prove yourself right or to prove someone else wrong or maybe losing weight at this given moment in time is not something that you're willing to put extra time to, that's okay. But don't just say, I'm done and call it good. Evaluate that. Evaluate why you started and why you're choosing to stop and how you're going to continue in a different way if that's what you choose to do. Just remember that goals that you set were set by you. You set those goals for yourself. It is your responsibility to decide whether you're going to follow through on them and to follow through on the practice and the discipline that it takes to follow through on them. But it's also your responsibility to know if it's no longer serving you in a way that is adding value to your life. So it's your responsibility to change your mind and to continue on in a different direction if you need to. Again, Number six is really hard for me because setting boundaries is something that I'm very capable and willing and anxious to do. I I truly believe that 
if you don't set boundaries with someone, they will not respect you. I have a family member who doesn't understand why we always leave social engagements early. I have a four-year-old and a little boy who's not even two, and their bedtime is seven. If we stay until 10, that messes up our entire next week. And we like a schedule. We're not dictators. We're not mean. We're not trying to annoy people. We truly believe that holding that schedule for our family is something that is good for us. And we like being able to continue to go to bed early. It's not like we haven't been there all day. And I'm sure you can relate. Whether you are the family member who wants people to stay the whole time or you're the family member who says, I want to get my kids home and get them to bed. You're not wrong. You can want things for whatever reason you want them. You're not incorrect. But we have to be willing to respect other people's opinions. And we have to be willing to set boundaries for ourselves and our family because we are the priority. And we get to be selfish in this. You get to say, I'm not coming to that social engagement because it starts at 8 p.m. and we go to bed at 7. You get to say that. And the next time, they're either going to change the time that they hold this social engagement so you can attend, or you're going to have to set that boundary again and make sure that you follow through. Because every time you waver on a boundary or you blame it on someone else, you're just allowing that crack. You're allowing that crack in that boundary for whoever it is you're setting it with to fight you and to figure out where they're going to be able to talk you into or out of whatever it is that they're wanting from you. We can all want our own things, but making sure that we're willing to set that boundary is really going to solidify the fact that we hold ourselves to a higher standard of setting a priority so that we get to be in control of our own lives. So number eight is taking time for yourself. I feel like self-care is the biggest buzzword going around right now outside of company culture, but we'll get that we'll get to that in a different episode. So self-care is huge right now. And everyone says, I want to set more time for self-care. Whenever I do a goal-setting workshop and people say, I want to set aside more time for self-care, I'm kind of mean and I say, what does that mean? What does self-care look like to you? I make them define it. What is it uh, an hour-long bath where you get to not only read a book and shave your legs and wash your hair and sit there for an hour without any interruptions? Is that what self-care is? Is self-care going on a five-minute walk? Is self-care going out for with friends for a night or for an entire weekend away? Yes, yes, and yes, right? We all have different definitions of what self-care is. So once we set a definition of what success would look like for us, that's when we get to actually start working towards that. We get to set it as a goal. Because if we say, I'm going to set aside time for self-care, and then I take an hour-long bath, I go away for the weekend with my friends, and I go on a walk by myself the next day when I get back, how do I know if I ultimately got my definition of self-care? I don't because I never wrote it down. So figure out what self-care would look like for you. Figure out what the combination of what you feel like pampering yourself and setting yourself as a priority would look like and then work towards that goal. It's the same thing with exercise. How much 
time does exercise require? What does that look like? Do you want to do it alone? Do you want to do it in a group? Once you write down what the definition of getting more exercise looks like, it's going to be a lot easier to accomplish that and to feel successful in that goal if you know what that actually looks like. The last one is kind of hard for me, but it's one that I see all the time, so I do feel like it's important to cover, and that's being able to continue living when someone you love has passed away because I lost my mom in 22, and I feel fortunate in the fact that I had a three-month-old baby. I had to keep going. I did not have a choice. I had a three-month-old baby and a two-and-a-half-year-old who needed me to continue functioning and continue living and continue loving them unconditionally. And I do feel, and actually I know, I know for a fact that the work that I had done, the personal development work, the mental and physical health work, the schedules that I set, the boundaries that I set with people, the relationships that I created, those things that I had been working on for four years prior to her passing set me up to be able to A, not have to start over when she passed away. I didn't have to start over from scratch because I had built this really strong foundation of what it felt like to love my life and to create this strong foundation so that not only did I not have to start over from scratch, I didn't have to pick up the pieces by myself. I had my husband and my kids and my best friends and my work colleagues, all of these people who were there for me, not only during that time, but afterwards. They were there to ask me how I was doing. They were there to ask me how they could help and what what I needed from them. So not only do I want to give you permission to continue to laugh and to continue to build friendships and to move on, if you feel stuck where you are after someone has passed away, I can't even explain to you how much I understand that, how hard it is to move on. I wrote a song and in the second verse of that song, it, it says, every milestone you miss, it hurts a little more. And every time I want to call you, which is almost every day, it hurts a little more. But then the laughter comes and the good times live on. And I know I'm going to be okay. If I could say anything to my mom, if I could send her any message, it would be that she is so missed. And I want to talk to her and tell her something good every day. But I'm also willing to laugh and to have good times and to keep living. Because the people that we've lost, that's what they want from us. If they could talk to you, they would tell you, you have my permission to not feel guilt or regret for things that you said or didn't say. They want you to continue living and loving and laughing. So this last one is very specific to people who have lost someone, but I'm beginning to understand that that's a lot more people than we, than we know, especially on that surface level. After I lost my mom, so many people that I knew prior came out and said, I lost my grandma or a sibling or a cousin 
or whoever it might be. We have all had hard times. They're on a different spectrum. They're on a different level than maybe we are at, but we've all lost that person. So I know it's easy to feel guilty for loving and living your life after you've lost them. But I want to give you permission, not only from me, but from the person that you lost, that it is okay to continue to build a life that you love. They want that for you. So I want to give you permission on all nine of these things that even if you choose not to change any of them, even if you choose to go on exactly like you are right now, changing your mindset around some of these things or having a different internal conversation with yourself about some of these things is going to start to help you develop and grow. And maybe one day you'll get to a point where you're ready to set that boundary or set down the book that you don't actually like. Or maybe you're willing to quit the job that you've felt stuck in for five years. It might not happen right now and that's okay because growth takes time. And changing that mindset that we've had for our entire lives takes time. But I want to give you permission to at least look at it in a different light. At least be willing to think about things differently and be willing to see things from other people's point of view. But ultimately, be willing to make yourself the priority because this is our life and we get to be selfish sometimes. So I'm going to run through these really quick, just at the end here. Number one, quitting a book before you finish, unfollowing or blocking people on social media, quitting a paid service or quitting a job, changing your mind. Just remember that changing your mind is a sign of growth. It's not a sign of inconsistency. Changing your mind means that you are continuously getting to know yourself better so that you know when it's time to let go of something. Number six, setting boundaries, whatever that means to you. Taking the time for self-care and living when someone has passed. Now, I'm not going to lie. I just reread this list and I, I wrote setting boundaries twice because that's how important it is. But for the sake of not having to record this entire thing again, we're going to pretend like it was a nice solid nine things Hopefully this information was useful to you and helpful in the way that you think about things. I know it can be so, so hard to change the way that we've thought our entire lives and you don't have to change everything right now. You don't even have to change anything right now if you don't want to. All I'm doing is giving you permission to think about things differently. So if you want to, send me an email. Send me what it is that you are dealing with or struggling with or the way that you think about something. I'm not going to tell you you're right or wrong because you're the only one who knows you 100%. But I can tell you maybe here's a couple things you can think about. Maybe here's something that you can try. So email me at leadwithconfidencepodcast at gmail.com or send me a message on LinkedIn or at Desiree Petrick on Instagram. I want to hear what it is that you maybe feel guilty about that you don't want to feel guilty about anymore because this is our one life. So let's lead with confidence. I want to thank you for joining me as we grow together and learn to lead with confidence. Do you know someone who would benefit from hearing today's message? I would love if you would share it with them and share to your Instagram stories. Tag me at Desiree Petrick and send me a message if there's a topic you want to have covered. You can also send me an email at leadwithconfidencepodcast at gmail.com. 
Until next time, see you on the next episode of Lead with Confidence.